You are listening to Songezo Mabete on SAFM. Load shedding is here to stay now. That it is here to stay, at least there's no end in sight because, I mean, we are probably now, most of you are on stage four or stage six load shedding. Absolutely not tenable. And it, it, it is consequential, right? In the winter, it is cold. You need hot water. You need warmth. In the summer, it's destructive. There's a lot of spoilage, particularly your food, and food is not cheap. So now you are doomed if you do, doomed if you don't. You're doomed in the summer, you're doomed in the winter. Where to next, Dylan Schnettler? Thank you so much for being on the line. How to choose the right long-term load shedding solution? I've got very limited questions, really. I think you, you can just use your expertise and your experience and your disposition to guide. I mean, what are the obvious frequently asked questions? and the frequent responses to such questions. So take it away, and thank you so much for being on SAFM. I do appreciate it. Nice to meet you, and yeah, thanks for the opportunity to have a chat to you and your audience. <laughs> much appreciated. Yeah, so the, 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 I guess the negative part of the challenges is that, you know, you, you, you're not necessarily in a situation where you can, you're in control of our service provider, the power provider, but I think the, the positive, on the positive side is that there's really, there really are solutions out there today where you can take ownership of your own environment and you can decentralize, uh, partially decentralize from the, from the utility. And I think that that's, the, that's really the key, the key thing to do. Give yourself power security. Ensure that you are maximizing on the return of your investment mm-hmm. uh, with solar and with um, with battery storage, and I think it's a sound and it's a sound investment today. So one worth looking into, and that's why a lot of customers across the country have have installed solar and battery, and there's still many more that can. I think you've got to assess their affordability and make sure that you can put a system in that makes financial sense, and you've got proper support from your from your installer or you and the and the tech provider, the technology provider. First things first. I mean, yes. it's it's easy to buy these external solar lights that one can use for security on the exterior of one's property. It's literally yes. plug and play. You get off the counter, it yes. poses very little, if any, danger. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But I mean, once people start getting inside your home and start yes. bypassing things or connecting things to existing electrical infrastructure that's there, Yes. It, it is something that one needs to know what is going on. One cannot simply outsource all of that expertise, mm. knowledge, because that person is going to leave after installing, and that person who's the owner has to engage all of that infrastructure. So one has to know what's going on there. Alternatively, if somebody's going to be on my roof installing stuff on my roof, mm-hmm. I need to know as to the safety of that. More especially, for instance, we saw, for instance, in Cape Town, like this, Yes. That that Vodacom building, I mean, I would imagine an entity like Vodacom would have done the necessary due diligence to ensure that they have got the necessary infrastructure there sufficiently safe. I don't know what happened, but the minute I see that as a consumer, I'm like, whoa, okay, hang on, hang on. Is this thing safe? And yeah. and I'm asking that question purely because of what aesthetically my eyes saw. Now, how do we as home-based consumers obviously on a tight budget. I don't think there's anybody with sort of carefree disposable out there. What are the obvious questions one must ask? You take a community newspaper, there's somebody selling you a a solution to beat load shedding. You you go onto any Facebook page and you just write 
load shedding solutions. You get hundreds of these options. Mm. How, are these people supposed to be credited? Is there supposed to be a particular product standards that's there? Is mm-hmm. there an ISO number? How do you filter from this information overload? Yeah, yeah. Songeza, you you bring up like a really important um, aspect of of an invest of this investment, and I think the key thing is for a consumer is they need to do their due diligence. You you can't just take a Facebook advert at face value and make an investment and think that you're going to be properly supported or you're going to have your expectations met. So there's a little bit of homework to, for, the, for the homeowner to do. You know, if you buy a vehicle, for example, you'll be going to the distribution outlet or the, the local, you know, the, the local uh, distributor for the, for, the, for the vehicle manufacturer. If it's Volkswagen, you go to the local VW dealer. You know what you're getting from the dealer, but there's the OEM, the manufacturer that sits behind the dealer, and that's where the mm-hmm. warranties and stuff are, are held. They're not necessarily held by the, the, the installer or the partner you've bought it from. They are held by the OEM themselves. So that's what we as a company, as Rubicon, that's, that's we've been in the game for the company's 37 years old. We take very seriously um, all these aspects of an investment. We're trusted by some of the top companies in South Africa, and we're trusted by some of the leading global uh, brands exclusively because we care about every aspect of a client's expectations being met. And so how do you do that? How do you do that process to do a little bit of, uh, a little bit of homework? <laughs> I think you've got to, you do some of your work online, but then hopefully you'll find a good, a, a good distribution partner who will reference the installer and who will give you the necessary comfort um, to, to show you that your, that your product, once it's installed by the installer, can be supported by the company that has sold them the equipment. Because what you need is if the installer, for whatever reason, is not around or is not meeting your expectations once the, once the installation has taken place, what, what support have you got? Who can you fall back onto? And so the company that represents the products that have been installed should be in a position to step in and assist and, and, and point you in the right direction um, so that your, your expectations can be met. True as that may be, it, it does answer the question, but it, in fair, if anything, it, it, it allows me to ask more questions. It fills me with more questions. That, that is true. That's for typically your credit-worthy persons or credit-worthy buyers. These guys yes. have been in the business 37 years like yourselves are. But you won't always necessarily, because you haven't been in the game long enough, therefore not be credible. You could just literally be usongas or starting out you have every yes. intention to use the right products. You've been yes. employed at Rubicon for the longest time and you feel this is now your chance to take a break because you understand the market and, and, and people have been coming to this Rubicon and you've always serviced them. And one or two yes. have even said, why don't you start your own thing? I'll be your first client. So that individual yes. doesn't have the backing of 37 years of yes. having built a clientele. He just knows what he's doing and he knows how to do it. That yes. individual, against what you've said, is probably at a deficit. And there are many individuals like that who, who, who are just as genuine as an entity that has been around for the longest time. Yes. And, and perhaps they would be charging a rate that speaks to that. They, they're not looking for massive profits, and I'm not suggesting Rubicon is, yes. but they just want to make sure for now they cover their costs because they want to get two or three or four good clients in, lock them in, yeah. and then they will build their clientele like that. So again, the question is, how do yes. I, 
Research. Okay, I've got time to research. What am yeah. I asking? What questions am I asking? What is the question to ask? So I think you've, there's two there's two sides to that. Like we're a supplier as Rubicon, but you as the end client, there's there's a couple of key things you got to you got to ask. The first thing you've got to ask yourself is, well, what equipment am I installing? And in a solar system, you've got inverters. You've got the fundamental, the key, the key products are inverters, batteries, and solar panels. That makes up the bulk of the cost on any solar system. And there's some key points on each of those products that will give you an idea mm-hmm. of whether you're getting the, the type of product that you can have confidence in. So with the inverter, you want to make sure that it's got a, it's got a lengthy warranty. A 10-year warranty would be a, a market standard. You want to make sure that that product's well-referenced. You want to make sure that it's got the necessary approvals by our local accreditation agencies. And you want to make sure that it's well supported by the supplier of that, that inverter. Mm-hmm. Then with a battery, you want to make sure you've got the right cycle count. So 6,000 plus cycles would be ideal. You want to have a, it must have a depth of discharge of 80 to 90%. And it must be a 1C 10-year warranty product. So that's on the battery. And then your solar panels, you, all your tier one solar panel manufacturers and you can just do a google search and say tier one manufacturers globally and they'll tell you who Mm -hmm. those are they all carry a 25-year warranty so that's your product taken care of Mm -hmm. then you want to reference the installer who's going to do that which is just as important having a whack installer takes out of the equation the value of the product themselves correct 100 percent so the install, you know the product can be how good but if the installer doesn't do a good job of installing it or doesn't install it in line with the manufacturer's requirements, then it becomes risky. The product's not going to perform. It becomes risky. It's one thing for the product not to perform, which is not yeah. ideal. But I mean, the risk associated with that, and we've seen videos, and I don't know exactly yes. where the problem would be, of homes burning. Now, nothing is more personal than one's home. Hundred percent, and that's that's why it's important to do your due diligence with these um, with these these sort of investments. So, with an installer. The key things to assess, have they got the necessary accreditation? From And there's two accreditation agencies. Uh-huh. One is called AREP and the other is SAPVIA. Have they got the references with, with, um, Those with the necessary sites that they've yeah. installed? Can they sign off electrical uh, uh, certificates of compliance themselves? And then, you know, are they, are they recommended by high-caliber um, distributors of products or OEMs? Are they recommended by, the, by those companies? That gives you the confidence to know, okay, I'm well supported. I've got a good installer who's, who, who I can trust. And then I've checked out my equipment and it's met a couple of those key points. So it's the two things you're assessing. It's installer and it's, and it's, and it's product. And a good, a good distributor or a good OEM will, will uh, run training courses and ensure, because we know as a company, we know our products are, are, are good. We we take great care. That's why we're trusted by global brands. So for us, mm. it's really important that we uh, that our products are installed by quality installers. So we will train those installers, make sure that our field tech support teams are are, are spending time with them, in, ensuring that they're fully up to speed with all of our products and that they, they are installed in line with the manufacturer's requirements. Final question before we sign off here. After yes. everything is done, am I in a yes. position as a consumer now to call another set of eyes? In other words, not the person who installed, because let's say now, of course, Dylan is going to tell me he's done it right. 
So is there somebody who's going to look at what Dylan has said or is there somebody who should look at what Dylan has done for the purposes of signing off the equivalent of a signing off? Yeah, so you could get an external consultant, I guess, to to do that. Um, our market is not is not one that's fully that fully matured in that sense, but you could get an external consultant to do that. The other option is, and, and what we as Rubicon offer is, you can virtually size a system for your house with no obligation. You just go onto onto um, onto our website at solar.rubicon.tech. You can calculate a system for your house with battery or without battery. Sorry, you, you can you can calculate it with with solar or without solar. You can calculate it with only backup. Mm-hmm. It'll give you it'll give you a, a, a cost recommendation. So it'll give you a good idea on what your cost is, and it'll give you a fully installed price. And you can you can customize and change that as well. And then we're involved in the process. So <laughs> that's one option. The other option is if you want an external pair of eyes, it's it would be to phone. The, pro- the distributor of the product, mm. or another consultant, <laughs> oh sorry, another installer. Those would be the three, the three um, options, as it may. Look, I, I really do respect and appreciate the candid approach to which you are yes. engaging these answers. Now, one final one from the producer herself yes. on solar panels: How much of an impact does the dirt or dust, or leaves even, have on the productivity of the product? Do I need to get those panels cleaned maybe once or twice a year? In, in I suppose maintenance is the question. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, yes, you should clean your panels. Um, they call it soiling when the panels get dirty on the top, and it will affect production um, if enough soiling occurs on the panel. So I'll, I'll say, look, you've got to, you can visually look at the panels and see if they're dirty, like your windscreen, I guess. And if you can see it's picking up dirt, then it's recommended to give them a clean so you can get full production mm-hmm. from the solar panels. Yeah, Mr. Dylan Schnettler, thank you so much for your time, brother. Commercial head for Synapse Ultra at Rubicon. How to choose the right long-term load-shedding solutions. Listen to this podcast again if you have any misgivings. I think a lot of those questions would have been answered. Dylan, thank you, man. Thanks, Angezo. Lovely to talk to you. Certainly. Have a wonderful evening.